everybody. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. This is just Rachel this week. Me and Emily need a little time off at the end of July, so I am going to be talking and editing myself this week, and Emily will be talking and editing herself next week. We decided it would be a good idea to give you all specific quarantine recommendations, things we've been watching, We thought this would be a good idea because in our Quarantine Survival Tips podcast, we kind of talked about what we're currently watching and a recommendation or two, but we thought it would be good to give you all an actual list. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm scrolling through Netflix, I'm like, dang, what would I actually like to watch? What is actually worth my time? I want a recommendation from somebody I trust. Hopefully, me and Emily can be people you trust. (laughs) Now, you may have a taste that is more similar to my tastes or Emily's tastes, but that is why we're doing two separate podcasts. So my first recommendation is the Japanese anime Food Wars, also known as Shokugeki no Soma. Now, this is on Netflix. Most of the things I'm going to talk about are on Netflix. There are a few things that are on Hulu, and then one kind of group of things I want to talk about on HBO Max. You don't have to have these streaming services. Netflix is probably the most popular one, so most of my recommendations are from there. So, Food Wars. This was a manga-turned-anime, and the anime itself started its original run in April of 2015, but it was recently added to Netflix. Now, this anime has five total seasons, and currently the fifth season is airing, but there are only the first two seasons on Netflix, and that is because they have the dubbed version on Netflix. You can also watch the subbed version on Netflix, but that is why it was released to Netflix, is the two seasons that are dubbed. I have been watching the fifth season as it's coming out, They had a little bit of a delay there because of, obviously, the coronavirus, but now they have started to release episodes again. So I watch those new episodes on a service called VRV. You don't have to have the service. I'm sure you could stream it online somewhere. So the premise of Food Wars is as such. Teenager Soma Yukihira aspires to become a full-time chef in his father Joichiro's family restaurant, Restaurant Yukihira and surpass his father's culinary skills. But Joichiro gets a new job that requires him to travel around the world, and so he closes his shop. Joichiro has Soma enroll in Totsuki Culinary Institute, an elite culinary school where students engage in food competitions called shokugeki, or food wars. He secures himself a spot at the school despite the objections of Erin Anakari, the talented granddaughter of the school's dean. Soma is assigned to Polaris Dormitory, where he meets other aspiring chefs, including Megumi Tadakoro. The story follows his adventures as he interacts with his peers and challenges Totsuki's students, as well as others, in shokugeki competitions. Now, I really love Food Wars. It can be a little gratuitous sometimes because the people that drew this manga used to draw hentai. So nothing is explicit in that manner, but there is like nude scenes where, you know, they're covering their private parts (laughs) and their intimate parts. And that is because they're having such a 
such a visceral reaction to the food because it is so delicious. So that's a common theme in the series. So if that bothers you, don't watch it. But the food shots alone are so delicious and it really makes you feel it inspires you to go into the kitchen and cook something new. And a lot of the things that they cook on the show, while they don't give exact recipes, you can find recipes from people who are enthusiasts online. So I really like to watch the show. It inspires me to get into the kitchen, to try something new, and to try new cooking techniques. Plus, there's plot involved every season where Soma has to overcome some hurdle And it's just a very pleasant show to watch, and you really root for all of the characters, no matter how minor. The second show I want to recommend is called The Dragon Prince. Now, this is American animation. It is not a Japanese anime. And The Dragon Prince currently has three whole seasons. There is a prospected season four, but it's not confirmed. So here's the synopsis. The series is set in a fantasy world on the continent of Zadia, which is rich in magic derived from six primal elements, the sun, moon, stars, earth, sky, and ocean. Centuries ago, the dragons, elves, and humans of Zadia lived in peace. However, the humans, being unable to utilize magic naturally, began to use dark magic, which is fueled by the life essence of magical creatures. As a consequence, they were driven away to the west, and the continent was split in two by a massive river of lava. Now, what they mean by life essence of magical creatures is that they actually have to kill them to use the dark magic. So that's why, you know, the creatures of Zadia and the people that live there didn't like that. So continuing. 1,200 years later, the human king Harrow of Catalus and his advisor, the dark mage Viren, have killed the king of dragons and supposedly destroyed his heir's egg, so his baby. In retaliation, elf assassins attempt to kill Harrow and his heir, Ezrin. Ezrin and his half-brother, Callum, and the assassin, Rayla, discover that the egg was actually not destroyed, and so they undertake to return the egg to Zadia to prevent war between the humans and elves. So I really like this American animation series a lot. It is for children, so it does not cover, it is not a very dark series, but it does cover dark subjects. For instance, you know, the assassins, they, spoiler alert, this is revealed in like the first episode, but the assassins do end up killing King Harrow, and Ezrin and Callum have to find that out later, and still continue on their quest to return the egg. This really does remind me a little bit of Lord of the Rings, just because of the wide variety of cast of characters, this long quest, lots of lore that goes into this as well. But I think it's really unique, and I love the cast of characters that they have. Everyone has a great backstory. Even the minor characters are pretty well fleshed out. The only thing that I don't really enjoy is the character Rayla's accent. It is definitely a thick Scottish accent, and they never really explain why she talks in that way. And it may have just been the voice actress's preference to speak how she normally speaks. That may just be her voice. But if that was a specific stylistic call, they never really explained it, so... I didn't understand that, but it's a really great show and I'm really excited for season four. 
My next recommendation is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Now, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've probably heard of this show before. It is also an American animation show, and it's based off of an older series of the same name, also animation. (laughs) But this is a basically a remake of that She-Ra. So it has five total seasons, and it has finished airing. So they have their finale. It's done. So if you really don't like to watch things that aren't finished already, so you can just binge the whole thing, this is the one for you. Because you can binge the whole thing and you'll have a conclusion. So here's the synopsis. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power tells the tale of Adora, a teenager who can transform into the heroine She-Ra and leads a group of other magical princesses in a rebellion against the evil Lord Hordak and his horde. So if you watched the old She-Ra, it's similar in some ways, but it is quite different. And the reason why I really like this show is the character design, the theme of feminine empowerment, and the themes of love and relationships. So while it is heavily fighting based a lot of the time, there is also a awesome commitment of the writers to really flesh out these characters' flaws, their growth, and She-Ra has one of the best redemption arcs I have ever watched with one of their characters in season four and five. So it is definitely worth a watch. It is extremely emotionally nuanced, and it's just a great show. (laughs) Next up is the series Lock and Key. This is based on a comic book series of the same name, and there's only one season out with 10 episodes that are about 40 to 56 minutes each. But the season two has been confirmed, even though there's no release date yet. And this did only come out in February 2020, so. So here's the synopsis. After Rendell Locke is murdered at the hands of former student Sam Lesser, his wife Nina decides to move with her three children, Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodie, from Seattle to Matheson, Massachusetts, and take residence in Rendell's family home, Key House. The children soon discover a number of mysterious keys throughout the house that can be used to unlock various doors in magical ways. However, they become aware of a demonic entity that is also searching for the keys for its own malevolent purposes. Now, I really like this show just because it's a very unique concept, and I think the characters are very realistic. So all of these teenage children, they act like teenagers, and the the kid Bodhi is probably my favorite character because he really is you know, a young boy acting like a young boy would if he found magical keys. (laughs) And this show does cover some serious topics and serious information. So it's definitely not a kid's show, but I think it is really cool and really interesting. And there always seems to be little bits and pieces of information that are still a mystery, and there are a lot of questions that have been left unanswered, a lot of stones to be overturned, and I'm very excited for season two. And I know it's not going to be till probably next year, but it's worth the wait. My next recommendation is I Am Not Okay With This. This is also based on a comic book of the same name, and there's only one season out with only seven episodes that do not have a very long runtime, about 30 minutes each, but they did confirm a season two. Well, Netflix confirmed a season two, but again, no release dates confirmed yet. 
And this is something that also came out in February of 2020. So here's the synopsis. I Am Not Okay With This is an irreverent origin story that follows a teenage girl who's navigating the trials and tribulations of high school, all while dealing with the complexities of her family, her budding sexuality, and mysterious superpowers just beginning to awaken deep within her. So I absolutely love this series. I was so upset because I was binging the shit out of it when it ended so quickly. And I'm so excited that there's going to be a season two. I, first of all, love the main character. She is so relatable and and into girls, which I relate as a bisexual girl. And the addition of superpowers is so interesting. And I did a little research and I saw that the people that made Stranger Things are involved in this. And that makes so much sense because it seems like it could fit perfectly into that world. So I absolutely love this show. I'm not going to say much more because it's very fast paced and it's extremely good. If you love like a strong female lead and you love like kind of sci-fi-esque, if you like Stranger Things, you will really like this show. So please give it a watch. Ensure that season two is coming and fast because I need it. The next show I'm going to recommend is kind of old, but I just feel like it's not as popular as it should be because people don't know about it. So this series is called Sense 8. So Sense and then the number eight. This is also on Netflix. So this was a series created by uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski and J. Michael Straczynski. And it has only two seasons with the last episode of the second season being basically movie length to wrap up the plot as it was never renewed for season three. So (laughs) if that kind of ending bothers you, then don't watch it. But I really thought the premise of this show was super, super cool. And I really wish they would have continued it because it had this awesome, mysterious sci-fi element to it where basically eight people around the world can telepathically experience each other's lives. Now, I don't have a synopsis for this one because honestly, I couldn't find a great one, but basically that's the premise of the whole series is that eight people all over the planet can basically mentally communicate with each other and also use each other's abilities. So you can imagine that having the ability to do this, being what they call a sensate, S-E-N-S-A-T-E, would make people who are not like that nervous. So they have this whole like government conspiracy thing going on where they're trying to experiment on slash eradicate people that are sensates because it obviously gives them an advantage to, you know, be connected to someone who, you know, knows Taekwondo. And suddenly in like a situation where you need to use Taekwondo, you can use it even though you yourself do not have it. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It's a really, really cool show. And a lot of the sensates, you know, have special relationships with each other. There's a lot of great gay and trans representation in this show. And, you know, it's the first portrayal of a trans woman that I've seen where Her being trans is brought up like once or twice, but it's not the theme of the show. And I think that's great that you just have a diverse, you know, a diverse cast being diverse, not for the sake of being diverse. I hope that makes sense. And it makes even more sense because I believe Lily Wachowski is trans and she wanted to 
write a character that, you know, uh, empowered her. So I think that's really cool. And I'm sad it didn't get more seasons. But if you really like sci-fi and you thought the premise was interesting, then definitely give it a watch. The next show I'm going to recommend is How to Get Away with Murder. Now, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of this. It was a very, very popular ABC show. Well, it still is, but it just finished airing in March 2020, and it actually began airing in September 2014. So it's been running for quite a long time. It has six whole seasons and is produced by Shonda Rhimes, who I'm sure you've heard of her before, but she's also produced Grey's Anatomy and the show Scandal. So How to Get Away with Murder is very similar to those shows. It's very dramatic, very twisting and turning pretty unrealistic to normal life. So here's the premise. Brilliant criminal defense attorney and law professor Annalise Keating, plus five of her students, become involved in a twisted murder case. Now this is kind of the plot of just season one, and there are six total seasons, but if you like kind of like a soap opera-y TV drama, this is like going to be your guilty pleasure, (laughs) because it's my guilty pleasure. Also, just seeing Viola Davis being Annalise Keating is such a treat. And I think all of the actors on that show do a really good job. And honestly, the plot, you really never know the twists and turns. It's its a guilty pleasure. It's not like the best show on television, but it keeps you entertained and it keeps you hitting next episode and fills your time. So I recommend that. The next two shows I'm going to recommend are both on Hulu. So you can get Hulu for, I feel like, six or seven bucks a month. So even if you wanted to do the trial and just marathon these two things, you definitely could. So the first show is The Great. And I got to be honest, when I first heard of this show, I was not really interested. But my friend Morgan really loves historical dramas. So she recommended this one to me. And I think I actually watched a little bit of it with her. And then just went off on my own because I was absolutely hooked (laughs) by the acting and the plot. It is not historically accurate pretty much at all. But the actors do such a great job of portraying their characters and making the show interesting that you just can't help but to keep watching. There's only one season out, but season two was confirmed. But there is, again, no release date. And season one has 10 episodes total and each of the episodes are about an hour long. So it is a little bit of a time commitment. And this series came out in May of 2020. So here's the synopsis. The Great is a satirical comedic drama about the rise of Catherine the Great from outsider to the longest reigning female ruler in Russia's history. The series is fictionalized and portrays Catherine in her youth and marriage with Emperor Peter III, amalgamated with Peter II, focusing on the plot to kill her depraved and dangerous husband. So yeah, the actors do such a great job in this drama, and it is hilarious and dramatic and romantic, and it's just chef kiss. Like, it's everything I wanted in a historical drama, because a lot of the times historical dramas are very dramatic. (laughs) I see you, Outlander, although Outlander is great too, but this is so funny, and especially during this quarantine you're probably going to want to laugh. So this is a great show to laugh to, and it's very bingeable. The next show I'm going to recommend on Hulu is called Shrill. 
This is based on the book Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West, and there are two seasons out with season three confirmed, but again, no release date. There are 14 episodes out total right now, and each of them are around 30 minutes, so this is a pretty easy watch. So the synopsis of Shrill is as follows. Shrill follows Annie, described as an overweight young woman who wants to change her life, but not her body. Annie is trying to make it as a journalist while juggling bad boyfriends, sick parents, and a perfectionist boss, while the world around her deems her not good enough because of her weight. She starts to realize that she's just as good as anyone else and acts on it. Now, that's a perfect synopsis for this show. If you are somebody who is plus-sized or you know someone who is plus-sized, this show gets it spot on. There are some moments in this show where I'm like, did they reference my past for this little tidbit? Like, there's a whole conversation about a handful of almonds between Annie and her mother, who is basically trying to get her to not eat what she wants to eat and just eat a handful of almonds to satiate her. And she's like, yeah, a handful of almonds isn't going to make me full in this moment. I want to eat X. And I was like, Jesus Christ, the amount of times I've had (laughs) this conversation with my mother. And she's like, have a handful of almonds. It's so filling. And I'm like, it's not filling and it doesn't satiate me, but okay. So this show is absolutely (laughs) fantastic. Even if you aren't plus size, honestly, this show is for you to watch too, because there are a lot of little things that people say and do every day to me and have said and done in the past that affect you and stick with you. And I think this show does a really good job of highlighting just how ridiculous it sounds when you say that to somebody (laughs) who is plus size. So please give it a watch. I absolutely love Shrill. And I think Lindy West is also a good author. I did actually listen to that audiobook as well. So I think it does a really great job. And last but not least, my final recommendation is on HBO Max. And it's kind of a cop out because it's a group of things. But on HBO Max, there is an entire Studio Ghibli movie section. And And the other week when I was having kind of a depressive day, this is what I sat in bed and watched was Ghibli movie after Ghibli movie after Ghibli movie. Because they are, in my opinion, some of the most beautifully animated and drawn movies I have ever seen. Not only that, but they are incredibly nostalgic for me and comfort me in that way as well. Especially if you're feeling sick, you have to watch My Neighbor Totoro. It just transports you back to being a child and and still feeling like the world is full of wonder and magic and newness and, ooh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> and it's just such a comforting, it's like the movie equivalent to chicken noodle soup. And I just love the stories that Hayao Miyazaki tells in these movies. They are nuanced and have a great message, fantastic characters, the most beautiful scenery I have ever seen in my life, especially Howl's Moving Castle. I just want to live in that field of flowers. And if you've watched Howl's Moving Castle, you know what I'm talking about, but I highly recommend you watch some Studio Ghibli movies, if not on HBO Max, whatever method you want to use. So that is it. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope I introduced you to some shows you haven't seen and maybe some shows that you will watch in the future. And if not, please listen to Emily's list next week. She has a wildly different taste in things than I do and has her own recommendation list as well. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook at Soulmates Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at Soulmates Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Soulmates Podcast. You can send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere that podcasts are normally found. Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, whatever platform you're listening on right now, please follow us, subscribe so that you get our new episodes every time they are released, which is every single Friday, unless Emily and I are sick, dead, or need a break. If you like this episode, consider tipping us on coffee.com. The link is in our link tree on our Instagram page. Before I sign off, I need to give you my weekly recommendation, and it is Monster by Silky and Irene. Really looking forward to talking about them on our next roundup. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Have fun with Emily next week, and we will both see you on the first week of August with our July K-pop roundup. Have a great one. Bye!